0: Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Questions. This is Ryan Polly. It is very early here in California, 6.19 a.m., uh, but we're having an early show this morning because my guest is joining me over Skype all the way from England, and he is Justin Brierley. So, Justin, thanks for coming on Coffeehouse Questions.
1: It's a real pleasure to be with you, Ryan. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about this. If you don't know who Justin is, Justin hosts the unbelievable show on Premier Christian Radio's radio program, in England. It's the flagship Apologetics and Theology Debate Program, where he brings Christians and non-Christians together uh, for a friendly dialogue every week. He also has the book Unbelievable, Why After 10 Years of Talking with Atheists I'm Still a Christian, and is uh, is also hosting conferences in uh, in England, as well as here in the United States. There's one coming up soon, and we're going to be talking about those. And really, with his goal of trying to bring conversations that matter into the public square, bring apologetics and theology into the real world, And that's what I'm excited about, as this is discussing apologetics and theology on this podcast as well. So, Justin, how did you get into this world of apologetics and starting the
1: Unbelievable podcast? Uh, Yeah, it's it's a great question. Really, my path took me from having had my own faith, you know, growing up and becoming a Christian as a young man um, through university. Uh, there was a lot of sceptical people around. And I suppose I first bumped into apologetics there at Oxford University, uh, started reading people like C.S. Lewis and others. But but really, I didn't know know what that was by that name. I, I really only came across the term apologetics after I'd begun the Unbelievable show. So after university, going away, getting married uh, and coming back to London, uh, I began um, a career in, in radio and after a few years of doing live radio here in the UK on one of the UK's only Christian radio stations, Premier Christian Radio, I went to the station manager with this idea for a show where we would actually talk to non-Christians on our Christian radio station, which was a bit radical because, you know, a lot of people at the time said, haven't we got enough non-christians and atheists on the bbc why do we need them on our christian radio station as well but we 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 kind of decided to pioneer it because i felt particularly that you know the christians listening a lot of the time during the week they're going to be spending time with non-christian friends neighbors relatives and so on and it's good to model how to have good conversations about faith um and so that's where the unbelievable show was born just one opportunity every week for christians to hear a christian and a non-christian discussing faith belief and that kind of thing and that kind of knocked me into the whole world of apologetics obviously pretty soon i learned who some of the main players are in in that world you know the the william lane craigs and john lennox's and others uh, and and also who of course are the main names in the kind of atheistic world as well because A lot of the conversations ended up centering uh, on the atheism and Christian dialogue, as well as obviously speaking to people of other faiths, particularly Muslims, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, Jews and so on. But most of the time, the the dialogues were often around Christianity and atheism, because that's kind of where the cultural conversation has been for some time here in the UK. And, And really, that's how the whole thing got going.
0: Wow. So what kind of, I mean, led to that initial idea, if you didn't have this understanding of apologetics, you just thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have these conversations? And then you then you figured out later um, that there are these reasons and arguments in this whole area and people doing this kind of work. Um, I'm just kind of curious, how did that even kind of just pop in your mind if you weren't aware of that kind of area?
1: Well, it's an interesting one. I suppose I I was aware of it, just not by that particular name, apologetics. And and to be honest, most people, um, you know who are Christians probably haven't heard the term apologetics. But if you explained it to them while well, it's just defending the Christian faith through argument and evidence, you know, they they might obviously uh, have have read something along those lines in the past. Um, Got it. So yeah. it, it was not necessarily that I didn't know anything of the arguments. But certainly once I began exploring the subject properly, having started the show, I realized just what a vast range of intellectual arguments there are out there and have been for thousands of years for God and for Christianity. So so I almost feel like when I began, I really hardly knew anything compared to what I was about to to learn in the process.
0: Yeah. And so you jumped in, you started hosting the unbelievable radio show. Um, How long has it been going now?
1: Believe it or not, I think it's about 13 14, or maybe even 14 years now. It was in 2000, November 2005 that we first started broadcasting. So if, if you can do the maths, um, yeah. it's been a while. And, um, yeah, I mean, really, the show really took off, though, when we went from just broadcasting on radio to podcasting the show. Yeah. Uh, that That we started picking up not only Christian listeners, but also a lot of non-Christian listeners who – wanted to hear these kinds of conversations. And to some extent, knowing that there are both Christians and non-Christians listening has really molded the way in which I present the show as well, because I don't want it to feel like it's just a show for Christians. I want to feel like both sides are getting a fair hearing. And, and so that's been a, a, an incredible privilege to be able to know that so many non-Christians are also listening every week to the show via podcast.
0: Absolutely. Now, I want to get into some of the specifics of some of the shows you've gotten into. But this show has then led into some live conferences and some other areas that you're doing with big conversations. So first of all, and, and the reason why I want to have this conversation with you is that next month here in California on October 11 and 12, you'll have the unbelievable live conference. Uh, what's kind of going on this week or that weekend uh, for that conference?
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, We're going to be doing two events over the course of that weekend on uh, Friday, the 11th in the evening. This is all happening, by the way, at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Um, We're going to be uh, I'm going to be doing a live audience edition of the show. uh, And so I'll be joined on stage by Professor John Lennox, who's a renowned Christian thinker here from the UK, but known all over the world. Uh, And also Dave Rubin, who's kind of local to L.A., actually. uh, But he runs this incredibly Popular talk show online called The Rubin Report. And he's a really influential person. He's hosting conversations between some really big thinkers uh, in the secular world, uh, the so called intellectual dark web people, you know, like uh, Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris and Ben Shapiro and others. Uh, Dave Rubin himself is a sort of secular Jew by background. Uh, he doesn't believe in God, but he's been on an interesting journey, I think, uh, in terms of his regard of religion. And so I think this will be a fascinating conversation between John Lennox and Dave Rubin on the Friday night, uh, as they're going to be discussing Is God Dead? It's going to be a a conversation on uh, culture, faith in the modern world. And, um, and so that alone, you know, is, is worth coming along to, but we're going to follow that up on the Saturday with a full conference at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, uh, where John Lennox will be there again, but we're going to also be joined by people like Mary Jo Sharp, Jay Warner Wallace, um, AJ Roberts, uh, uh, who else, uh, Ruth Jackson, I'll be speaking, Brian Broderson will be there. Um, so we're going to have all kinds of seminars and plenary sessions and really loads of great stuff for, for, for people to get their teeth stuck into uh and yeah all of the details ticketing options and everything for the 11th and 12th of october available over at unbelievable dot live
0: perfect and i was so excited uh, when i saw john lennox come in uh, you were coming again i met you about two years ago i think it was the first time you were here uh at the at church every day unbelievable live event with oh uh, uh, yeah that, sean that mcdowell that, and he, ryan
1: bell that was
0: over three years ago believe three it three years so, yeah that's right, yeah. 2016.
1: Uh, Time flies. Yeah, yeah that was the very first time in California as well, and i just had a wonderful time three years ago. So we were really, uh, I was really pleased that we're going to be bringing both the show and the conference to California. Um, uh, and and uh, we've been very blessed with uh, some friends, you know, especially Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, being being so accommodating and in, in having us there. Um, and I, yeah, I, anyone listening, if anyone can spread word about this, you know, uh, I, I know there are so many people who are. Just want to going to want to be there if they hear that John Lennox is there, especially. Um, And uh, and we really want to get word out. So, yeah, do do spread the word.
0: Oh, and that was definitely me. When I saw John Lennox was coming, I immediately bought my ticket. And then I saw Saturday <laughs> and uh, Jay Warner Wallace. He's been on this show a bunch of times and excited to see him. Also, AJ Roberts uh, hasn't been on my show but every other scholar at Reasons to Believe. She's one of the Reasons to Believe uh, scholars. Every other scholar from Reasons to Believe has been on here as well. So those listening definitely know who Reasons to Believe is. AJ Roberts from Reasons to Believe will be there as well. And so it's going to be an awesome conference. Definitely really looking forward to it and and just great to to be there again with everybody. So you're also hosting big conversations and you've Mm -hmm. had a series of these, a new series is coming up where what I love about the conference and what the Friday night will be with John Lennox and Dave Rubin, as well as what you had three years ago with Sean McDowell and Ryan Bell, and what your show is really every week is, is that you're bringing Christians and non-Christians together. You, as you mentioned at the beginning, it's it's the radio show uh, Premier Christian I guess was a little bit maybe hesitant in bringing atheists on their show, uh, and most of the time churches are not necessarily also happy bringing atheists into their church and actually giving them a platform. But you're, you're showing, look, this is important to do. It's important to hear both sides, give both people a fair um, kind of hearing. And you do this through big conversations. So one, kind of what is these this big conversations that you're coming up into? And then second of all, kind of how do you go about giving people a, a, a good hearing, uh, but mm. also not being nervous maybe that, may, you know, what, what if someone becomes an atheist as they're listening yeah. to these atheist yeah. talk?
1: Yeah no it's it's a, it's a good question I mean just to explain the big conversation I mean unbelievable every week more or less brings Christians and non-Christians together now sometimes it's two Christians doing a kind of theological debate so so there's a certain number of shows we do with that um, but but by and large you, you know on average we're bringing a believer and a non-believer the the big conversation is a little bit different it's kind of it's a series from the show and that's because we're putting a lot of effort into these as specifically video debates so you can watch all of these online on our YouTube channel or at the bigconversation.show and we're trying to bring together some of the biggest names the biggest thinkers in their different areas for this special series of shows. We were fortunate to get some funding from the Templeton Religion Trust towards these, this particular series. And, and that's why we're able to, have, if you like, put a bit more into it than we normally would uh, to the average unbelievable show. And so um, that meant that last year we were able to bring you know some big names like Jordan Peterson and Susan Blackmore together, uh, Daniel Dennett and Keith Ward. Uh, we had Stephen Pinker and, um, and Nick Spencer, John Lennox and Michael Roos and, and a number of others um, for these kind of videos. Discussions uh, and doing the same thing this year. Uh, we just launched with uh, Brett Weinstein and Alistair McGrath, a live recording that we did with them in London. We've got uh, still to come, uh, Bill Craig and Roger Penrose discussing God and the universe, uh, Bart Ehrman wow. and Peter J. Williams discussing Jesus and the Gospels, and and others to be announced. And of course, this John Lennox and Dave Rubin will be one of those um, when 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 we record that in okay. in California. So so loads of you know interesting stuff. This is kind of the idea is is that we kind of get the show out to even more people you know it's been a great way of uh raising awareness of the program by bringing on these big names and having the the budget to kind of go a bit further afield than we normally would I yeah. mean, you you a great question though as to you know it's not exact. It's not a very safe thing to do, you know, because you are giving a platform to, you know, very cogent, persuasive atheist voices. Uh, now, my job, of course, is to make sure they're balanced equally by Christians who can hold their own and make the case for Christianity. But in a way, um, you know, I would say unbelievable to some extent does come with a health warning, you know, which is that you're going to hear two perspectives here. You've got to be ready for that. And if you don't like that, you might want to listen to the show. But in my view, the, it's it's difficult to avoid bumping into skepticism wherever you happen to be in the world today. Unless you literally live in a bubble, you know, you're only a Google click away from someone tearing yeah. t- down the Christian faith online. Exactly. And and in my view, we just have to bite the bullet. Christians have to realize we can't live in a bubble anymore. We have this thing called the Internet and all of our young people are on it. And And therefore, we might as well have these conversations where at least you've got – uh, a sensible Christian voice on the other side. I'd rather have that than them simply just to be reading Dawkins or Hitchens or whoever, um, and only getting one side of the conversation. So I think it's worth the risk, essentially. I think that actually, um, you know, people are all on all kinds of different journeys. There's no guarantee someone listening to an unbelievable show is always going to side with the Christian. You know, they may say, Hey, I, I, you know, I didn't believe any of this stuff and your shows only confirmed it for me. Well, that's, that's where they're at. I can't, I can't control what yeah. people do with 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 what gets broadcast but i do believe somewhere as a christian i do believe god's in this and and that in his goodness and his providence um he will be glorified ultimately and i just sort of have to do my best to do what i think this show is being called to do and that is to create this platform where both sides are heard and and if you like I think we reach so many more people, especially on the skeptical side, by doing it that way. I think if it was just a Christian voice you were hearing, we simply wouldn't have this this platform where where skeptics are actually engaging with the show.
0: That's absolutely right. You know, the, the both perspectives and very intelligent people from both perspectives are being heard on the show. And that's absolutely going to bring people along. And I love what you said because uh, it's, it's something that I try to do as well of encouraging people to study the other side and both sides. And what I see, and I just saw this online the other day, where someone just says, well, here, look at my videos or something. And it's like, man, it's easy to make a video tearing down Christianity or, or write a book or something uh, when you don't have the cross-examination. Uh, But when you look at the kind of the the stuff that is being produced and put online, you see, man, some of these are really bad arguments. And so it's awesome not only getting the good arguments from the other side, but then also pairing them up with very good arguments from the Christian side. So there's actually a cross-examination, and I love how that is being done here. Um, Now, as you go into your shows, how do you go about uh, picking the guests that you want to have on the show?
1: Um, Well, Quite often, because there are, you know, a lot of people listening, they'll be sending in their suggestions on, on a weekly basis. Uh, so I get a lot of people suggesting names, uh, topics, books and so on. I mean, if I see a particular name cropping up often enough, you know, that'll probably cause me to think, OK, I'm going to go and look into this. And, and uh, if I haven't heard of them, you know, do a bit of research, see what they're about and maybe bring them on um, equally. um. It may be that it's a a specific current affair that I want to reflect on the show. Maybe there's been an event or something like that. Uh, something's happened in the news that that I feel needs some kind of a discussion response to it. In which case, I'll be going and looking for the right pair, you know, two people to to go and have that kind of a conversation. Okay. Um, I, I'm part of a you know a wider radio station here here in London, Premier Christian Radio, and so uh, the the advantage of that. Is that we um, get all kinds of authors and people coming through anyway who are maybe on a book tour in the UK, uh, and that will give me the opportunity to to get hold of someone who, you know, if I, if it was just me in my living room doing a podcast, I might, I might not have the opportunity to to interview and have some of the people on that we do get, but. Being, being a central London radio studio kind of gives you, uh, probably more opportunities than you'd have otherwise to, to bring some interesting people on. So it's, it's a combination of different things. Uh, and, and very often, you know, some shows come together, you know, within a week of starting to, you know, look into it. Other shows, you know, you're, you're, you're organizing six months ahead of time because the people and the schedules you're talking about. So, so it's a, everything and anything in between, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And so when you you talk about, you know, hey, some people may listen to this and they may confirm their atheism and that's kind of where they're at. Uh, I want to get to some of my listener questions that they had for you. And one of them was, among all the debates, the 13, 14 years that you've been hosting this, have you ever witnessed one of the atheists either come to faith or come close to conceding the Christian narrative or some point of Christianity? And then I want to kind of add on to that of your listeners. How have you seen or have you gotten responses from listeners of, of people who actually became Christian because of the show, of listening to debates, or someone that's actually maybe deconverted into atheism because of the show? So first of all, you know, your debaters themselves, have yeah. there been any yeah. changes? And then what about the listeners? I
1: mean, you certainly very rarely, if ever, I would say, see a change during the conversation. You know, most people yeah. who I invite on have come with a particular point of view to to, to hold on to and debate in the show and and so you're you're very unlikely to see them kind of concede much um in that sense while while they're on air um having said that yes there are stories of people whose position has changed you know at some point after being on the program how much that is to do with the conversation they had in my studio is is perhaps difficult to tell um i mean one one person who's a great friend of the show actually um and might be familiar even to, to, to some people is a young guy called peter byram who um first came on my show as a sort of agnostic Uh, he had grown up in a christian household but um had lost his faith at university become very influenced by people like dawkins and hitchens and so on um when by the time he came back on my show he was he was he just, just described himself as an agnostic and he came on to kind of i think the subject was something like Talk about original sin or something. Um, But, you know, a couple of years after that, Peter did become a Christian. um, And uh, in fact, it was very influenced by people like William Lane Craig and others uh, in that journey to faith. So um, but he would say that the unbelievable show and what he encountered there and, and starting to listen was was a significant part of his journey back to faith so so that's just one example of, of someone who has been on the show who who did end up you know moving from atheism to christianity um and and I, I think there would be other examples as I say though probably less less so in terms of show guests because inevitably I tend to be inviting people who if you like have uh, have arrived at a very definite conclusion yeah. on one side or the other, generally speaking, those who are most likely to be open to changing their mind are inevitably those listening um, now inevitably, you get people on both ends of the spectrum who are probably not likely to do much shifting, but I think there 's a a wide middle section where there's a certain amount of people listening who are open to changing their perspectives. Um, and so, yeah, I certainly received, you know, it's always wonderful whenever I receive a, an email, someone getting in touch to say that Unbelievable was part of their journey to Christian faith. And uh, that's happened for for a number of people. Obviously, many people for whom, you know, say they would say they are Christians, but it's helped to kind of, you know, help them defend their faith and make them more confident in it and so on. Very occasionally, yes, people do get in touch and say, um, I have um, maybe I, I've been questioning Christianity and uh, your show has only confirmed my suspicions that I don't think it's true. And uh, and then then obviously I'm kind of quite disappointed at that if they don't feel like the show has managed to in some way answer the the questions or doubts or whatever it is that they're having. Because at the end of the day, I'm a Christian. I, I, I would like people to become Christians. But that's why I say I. I don't have any control ultimately over what trajectory everyone's on different trajectories that at some point in people's journeys the show may intersect with them I don't think the show is entirely responsible for anyone coming to faith or ever entirely responsible for someone losing their faith there's yeah. all kinds of different uh things that will be going on in those people's lives um uh, my only the only thing I can do I think is to to try and put out a show that that adequately reflects where the conversation is and I have to let people make up their own minds and I have to trust that God is in that process as well. Um, and so uh, I've never had anyone say your show deconverted me, but I've certainly had a few people who have said um, I've just not been convinced. And and so I, I feel that, that you know, my decision to, to no longer be a Christian or the, when I decided not to be a Christian is, uh, it, it, you know, I'm still happy with that decision. That's that's usually the sort of, yeah, the, the way it goes. Yeah.
0: So within kind of all these conversations that you're having, what would you say is is the the best conversation or maybe the best interaction? What's an interaction that really stands out as just being a really fun one over your 13 years? if, If you can even answer that question, you've had so many. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's like asking me to choose between my children well, it's, uh, yeah like, and it's
0: like you know yeah absolutely it's like how do you actually pick but hey a listener wrote in so i'm asking it to you
1: <laughs> no, no, it's, great. it's a great question actually uh, i mean there have been lots of memorable ones for sure um possibly one of my favorite um was um when i had for the first time um uh peter hitchens in uh who's the brother of well-known atheist form well the late atheist uh christopher hitchens but the, the extraordinary thing about Peter is he diverged massively from his brother uh, in as much as Peter is a very committed Christian. And um, they themselves had debates, public debates on the issue of um, Christianity and so on. But um, Peter is rather like his, his, his brother in as much as he's a very big character. Uh, he's a great rhetorician. Um, and I brought him in on this occasion to talk about his book at the time, um, The Rage Against God, which was the story of his conversion and his sort of his case for God, really, against the new atheism. And, uh, I brought him on with a young media scientist, atheist called, um, uh, Adam, um, oh, the name's gone out of my head. Uh, <laughs> oh, it, it'll come back to me. Yeah, that happens. Um, but, um, he's, he's actually a reasonably well known media commentator now um on science and so on uh on the bbc here in the uk but uh, on this occasion um they i i brought him on uh to to have this discussion as an atheist with christopher hitchens and uh, with peter hitchens i apologize and uh and bless him peter more or less made mincemeat of him because uh he he just sort of went for him especially when the topic of abortion came up Mm -hmm. and um and uh it was it was you know, it was a guilty pleasure, if I put it that way, watching Peter Hitchens sort of dismantle this guy in front of me because it wow. was, I just felt kind of sorry for him, uh, because it was not a fair fight in that sense. Uh, Peter was the far more seasoned of the two in terms of, uh, his, his speaking and journalism and that kind of thing. And, and he knew exactly how to play the debate. Uh, so, um, so, so that was, uh, that was an interesting one and a memorable one. Um, and um if 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 there was ever one where uh you you want to feel like the the christian really came up top it was it was probably that show um but that that that's for some reason that one does stick in my memory because i just remember seeing the poor other guest sort of squirming in his seat yeah. as, he, as he got ripped apart
0: so we got about six minutes i want to jump in kind of get through a couple more here uh from listeners but uh, the first one is is you often get the objection, well, you, Christian, you're just you know, maybe closed-minded. You're, you haven't been exposed to these things. Uh, you don't know the arguments or, or you just believe because your family told you so or whatever it may be. But here, you're someone who has probably moderated more debates, more discussions than maybe anyone in the world. I don't know. Uh, doing one every week for the last 13 years. What do you see as maybe being the biggest argument, uh, the most compelling argument from atheists? And then kind of like, are there good Christian responses to that? Um,
1: Yeah, um, I I think there are a lot of really interesting and good, you know, responses from atheists to Christianity. Um, I think some of the hardest ones inevitably that you bump up against are things like the problem of evil and suffering. You know that it's not that there aren't answers to that, but when it's presented especially in a very kind of emotional way um then then it's very hard to sound you know you, any answer can sound rather cold and clinical if it's a, a sort of purely philosophical theological answer because it's it's such a a subject that's so hit so close to home emotionally the problem suffering so i think i think inevitably that that's a hard one for christians to respond to and they have to do it very carefully when when they do that yeah. um uh, I think, you know, one of the key ones that seems to have become a real issue over the last decade or so is um, what do you do with certain parts of the Old Testament, which seem to, you know, uh, where where the actions of the Israelites or God or whatever um, appear to be morally dubious as far as the atheists is concerned. And I think that can be a tough one. Uh, for a christian to navigate because there are a number of options on the table on there as as to how you respond to some of the uh the issues of old testament violence and so on and i don't think it's always christians are always very aware sort of i i I don't think they always know exactly how to deal with that kind of, of of an objection uh to faith so i think that's a tough one
0: after listening to these for a long time uh you're obviously still a christian so yes, uh, what what do you see as being maybe one of the more compelling uh, counter responses um, for Christianity?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, in a way, in, in a funny way, one of the best counter responses, I think, is tied into both those objections, funnily mm-hmm. enough, because um, they're both objections that turn on the fact of evil, um, you know. And they 're both leveling a kind of the blame at God for for this evil that exists, whether it be as they see it in the Old Testament or in the world or whatever um, and and for me I, I would go back to the fact that um, actually it was the fact of evil that actually brought someone like c s lewis um, to, hmm. to to believe in God because he recognized wow. if i 'm going to have this moral indignation at evil i 've got to ask myself well what am I? how am I, where am I getting this standard from? Uh, if the world is simply an atheistic, naturalistic world, which is just, you know, matter in motion and the laws of the universe operating according to um, mechanistic principles, there is no standard of right or wrong out there. There just is what there is. And and for me, I, like most people, you know, like Lewis, they recognize actually that's not the way the world works. There is, there is such a thing as good and evil. And there are ways we ought to treat each other. There is such a thing as human dignity, value and worth. And when you butt up but the problem is you can't ground any of those things on a naturalistic framework, and so it opens up the God question rather than closing it down so I, I think that's that's an incredibly important thing I, I I find that a very compelling evidence for the existence of God, um, the, what's often called the moral argument yeah. um, and that's one I will often reach for perfect myself so- when I'm in conversation.
0: Awesome. So we have a, less than a minute left. And so I want to kind of get your last thought uh, on this. Um, so what would be kind of a tool uh, that you would give piece of advice to have effective, good arguments and make an apologetic defense in our culture for people listening?
1: Yeah, I think the, the my, my first piece of advice would simply be uh, to listen uh, properly, um, to know what the questions the person is asking. Sometimes we go in assuming we know what people's problems or questions or objections are. And actually, they're not always the ones we think they are. So, So be sure to listen as much as you speak. And don't um, and when you do respond, don't don't allow it to be that knee jerk response. I think very often our responses to objections against God and Christianity come from a place of a sort of knee jerk response of fear. Um, but actually, uh, it's OK if someone is attacking Christianity, don't don't respond in that way. Um, we have to respond with grace and truth and love um, gentleness and respect, as First Peter 315 puts it. And it's it's important that you keep the conversation going you may not have the answer but tell that person i'm not quite sure how to answer that be honest but i'd love to come back and continue this conversation go away do some research and continue the conversation keep it going
0: awesome well justin thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate this conversation we had and i hope that everyone listening attends the unbelievable conference next month here in california and i'm excited to see you in three weeks there
1: yeah awesome thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come on on your show Ryan and I look forward to meeting you there on the uh, the 11th and 12th of October
0: well, thank you all so much for listening and make sure you check out the unbelievable conference also go to Instagram Facebook Twitter Patreon and the Coffee House Questions website for more information have a wonderful rest of your day sip coffee think deeply this is Coffee House Questions with Ryan Polley not
1: hesitate to follow your life
0: will guide my-